welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Parker. Hello, 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 hello. I feel like you and I haven't spoken in a million years. Yeah, it's been, what, a couple weeks at least? Is I that don't know. It? Wow, it seems much which, longer. Which is a million years in like 2018 <laughs> time. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, we like literally, there's so much to get to that I feel dumb, like not immediately jumping into the Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> stuff. But I wanted to ask you, since I haven't spoken to you in a while, uh, for any new recommendations you have, whether it's like oh, what you're yeah. watching or listening to or reading, that stuff. You know, I um, I don't even know. I've been so I've, as you know, I've been out of work for about a month now. <laughs> yep. Um, and I've just been freelancing and it's been kind of interesting and fun getting back into that fun and also like really obnoxious at the same time <laughs> because it's like for the first week I was just like yeah yeah this is cool this is fun I'm yeah. I'm pitching things and people are taking my ideas and going with it and it's and it's awesome and then like the second week I was like oh no I pitched all of my ideas <laughs> yeah and then you like convince yourself that you're never gonna generate more ideas which yep. is absurd yep. because you've thought yeah. that a million times before and it's never been true it's a fun self-doubt uh, yeah. thing that like writers always go through, I feel. Yeah. But uh yeah, but uh aside from that, I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been working harder since not having a job than oh, I yeah. was when I had a job. It's it's very strange. Um It's but, not, it's totally not strange. I mean, I feel like no one works harder than freelancers because you're constantly yeah. having to hustle. You don't have guaranteed work anywhere, so you you constantly feel like you have to be pitching yeah. more and all more. hours of the day looking for stories and stuff yep. like that yeah yep. so so that's the thing so I've been I've been spending more time online than I normally do so I haven't haven't really had a chance to um to, to watch too much stuff I mean one one thing that I've one thing that, that Kayla and I have been watching has been uh Netflix now has these um oh, sorry I miss the sweet sounds of you yawning on the show. Microphone, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so like, so Netflix has like these like eighteen-minute comedy special things now, oh, okay. uh, which are kind of in interesting because, I mean, like there are some comedians who are funny, but like I don't necessarily want to hear an hour. <laughs> yes. So so these are great because it's like it, you know they're like really quick. I forgot what they're called but it's it's it keeps popping up on like the my front page. It's put out by Netflix. So check out that. That's uh, interesting. I remember back good. in the day Comedy Central did stuff like that. They would do these quick little like vignettes in between great. the shows. Yeah, you're right though. There's there's very few comedians I can sit and listen to for an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, yeah. La last week I went to I went to see Michael Ian Black mm -hmm. do do comedy. We're a little it mad at him right now. That might have yeah. been like impressive maybe a few months ago. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, I yeah. He 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 uh, he he invited Kayla and I out to out to a show here in Chicago, and it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was it was a good time. He was funny, and uh, yeah. And then it was like the the very next day or like two days later that he tweeted that I'm like, dude, just don't weigh in, Michael. I think he's really funny too. I was just kind of like, Michael, why are you saying stuff? I, I, so he, I think he's a very very nice dude. He's sure, mean, 
he means very well mm-hmm. and is uh, is generally good. He's very honest about how he feels about things. And I think that sometimes that bites him in the ass, you know, and I think that this is one of those situations. So uh, which I just love when he was like, I think the next steps of the Me Too movement should be. I was like, oh, are we taking our orders from Michael Ian Black now? <laughs> he, he's He's been pretty good about like calling out dudes like you know for for being shitty generally which is why this which is why this kind of like seemed to come out of nowhere i don't know i mean it it's weird like the the bonds between male comedians like even the quote unquote good ones that become very uh stupid when it comes to stuff like louis ck because they're so it's a cult you know yeah yeah it's yeah so it was but the but the thing was like so after his show, like we were we were talking to him for a little bit and it was just like yeah so we were talking about Twitter, and uh, it was like yeah hey Twitter no one's ever like helped themselves by like reading <laughs> more about something and I was thinking to myself we just talked about this dude yeah. we talked about this like two days ago what that's <laughs> so funny he did that and then he's like no 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 better fix it and like he kept going and I'm just <sighs> like. You're, you're going deeper. I know, but like, but I, I also I think feel he took like, all the feedback really well, though, because yeah. he absorbed it. And then, like, for the next several days, he was like tweeting out apologies to individual people who Ugh. sent him things to be like, "Sorry, you shouldn't have had to do all this work." I, you know, yeah, like sure, that. sure, so, sure. Well, I'm glad he did that. I think it just goes to show how deep that problem is, because even people like Michael Ian Black, who are gen- generally good on issues like that still fell into that trap of like hero worship with Louis CK where it's like, why are we prioritizing when he gets to come back to comedy and not, you know, like the careers he ruined, how he made women in that room feel uncomfortable because he like ambushed them with a performance. Like that should be the priority not like, when does he get to come back? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Some some disgraced male comedians should just stay away. Yeah. And and not not come back. And, and for not, the people and, who are like, how is know. he supposed to earn a living? It's like he can go wait tables. Yeah. He like he's you know. not entitled to have a career in comedy if he's a piece oh. of shit, you know? I mean he shouldn't write articles for Quillette either, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, fuck that dude. <laughs> so yeah, seriously. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's okay. I just can't say too much about that for reasons. Um, So I have mentioned this on the show before, but uh, I have been listening to the Harry Potter books. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's been very fun. I finished the first one and I'm like a third of the way through the second one. My question, though, is, and I don't know if you've ever read the Harry Potter books or seen the movies not. or anything like that. I have like seen that. the movies, though, yes. Yeah. I don't understand how there is just not, like, an unending series of lawsuits against Hogwarts. Because these little kids are running around, casting spells, almost getting killed every few pages, and nobody's supervising them. Um... There is a bunch of shady shit going on in terms of like child abuse of Harry with his step parents or his guardians, I guess. And I'm just like, what's going on with child services? Where are the lawsuits? It's just a little suspect, is all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it's 
it's kind of so it's kind it's kind of funny because it's just like uh, with there was one tweet I couldn't find it I was looking for it just now uh, about Hogwarts it was like some, someone said something like uh, oh there no one had any guns at Hogwarts or something like that and and someone else replied like something like like uh, children died there every year. <laughs> did and like people would like casually <laughs> reference it and it's like wait a second somebody fucking died yeah they need to shut this school down yeah it's like this is this is clearly not safe and i don't know that they're actually learning the lessons they need to be wow. so it doesn't prepare them for the real world it doesn't it truly doesn't also i got to see the mean girls musical yesterday uh, how was that it's great. I went with uh, my roommate Charles is obsessed with Mean Girls and he won the lottery. So we went together. Uh, and I will say like, and people who have seen the movie know this in general, there's problematic shit in it. There's a lot of like fat shaming stuff and, you know, but also I was thinking about how teenage girls tend to be and they do fat shame each other. So in terms of yeah. like, reflecting at least like white suburban culture in an upper middle class neighborhood I felt like that you know sort of had to be part of it but um yeah it's it's very charming weirdly a friend of mine is in it uh oh. we had 201 improv together and now he plays Damien and he's great his name's Gray uh, so that was very weird seeing him like just kill it on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It was very cool. He's also very like the nicest person. So it's a rare example of someone who's like very kind and also very talented succeeding. So I was very psyched for him. And I'm just really psyched that the new trailer for BoJack Horseman came out yesterday. Uh. God, wow, are you yawning. okay? I'm still yawning. I need <laughs> coffee or some, some shit. Something, um, something. Yeah, uh, I've actually never seen an episode of Bojack Horseman. Are you serious? I think you'd yeah. really like it. I, You know what? I keep meaning to do it, meaning to watch that, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I have free time now, but... <laughs> I mean, kind of, but not really, because you're sort of, yeah, constantly, like, pitching stuff. But I think you would really enjoy it. It's It's... This trailer is cool because they kind of make fun of themselves because they've been praised for being like a very, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it. It's a very dark comedy, but it's also very weird and I guess kind of highbrow because it, it is very like high concept comedy. And in this new trailer, they make fun of themselves because they're actually talking about a different show. But I guess there's a show within this universe that's being praised for being very deep because it's very confusing and people don't fully understand it and that's sort of bojack horseman <laughs> like it, it's like very weird it's confusing at times and i think it's interesting for that reason but i think they were like making fun of themselves you know like yeah we're deep because nobody knows what the fuck's happening uh, <laughs> and then there's just like it has such a good cast like paul f tompkins amy sedaris um Jesse, uh, Aaron Paul, um, I almost called him Jesse from Breaking Bad, but Aaron Paul's in it. And, uh, yeah, it's really fucking good. All right. I'll like, check you know, it I'll, out. I'll, I'll have to check it out. I, I will have to, you know, because we're still in those summer months before like all the TV shows and stuff come back. True. Um, which, you know, oh, well actually, yeah. So Kayla and I, uh, I guess I do have a recommendation. So oh, Kayla yeah. and I have been watching, um, Something like kids, 
kids baking challenge or something like that on Food Network. Okay. And it's it's adorable. Um, because the kids all like have each other's backs and they're like it's like they're baking and it's <laughs> no, I'm going to yeah. have to get like a filter for GarageBand to take out Parker's <laughs> yawns. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so these kids are like baking and it's adorable. And when they screw up, like sometimes they'll like they'll pull something out of the oven. And it'll be like, oh, no, it's burnt. And you'll just they'll start like crying. And no. the judges will have to be like, no, 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 no. It's OK. It's OK. It's OK. Oh. That reminds me of like, did you ever see uh, um, Gordon Ramsay, uh, the show where it was like kids cooking? And he, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's just called like, I forget the name of it, but he was he's known as being like a monster with adults and he's so fucking good with the kids. And it's the same deal. Like they'll mess up and they start to get very upset and he's just so calm and he's like, okay, let's fix it. You know? And it's just like, it's such a nice show. And you're right. Like the kids are the best. They're so supportive of each other, which just goes to show you like that we become dicks in adulthood, you know? (laughs) Um, I have I've also been watching um, there's a series again on Netflix uh, called Magic for Humans. Oh, okay. And it's it's uh, it's it's hosted by this comedian and magician named Justin Willman, I guess. Uh Um, And oh, okay. Uh, He also hosts Cupcake Wars. All right. Thank you. Wikipedia. Um, (laughs) So so it's but it's like um, it, it's just really it's funny and it's it's this dude who goes goes around doing magic his uh he looked familiar to me so i googled him and he was this guy there was this viral video um that popped up like a year ago where he was basically like taking apart the argument against trans people in bathrooms mm-hmm. with peanut butter and jelly <laughs> and like the whole thing was like he was like he had two cones and he would cover like peanut butter and jelly and it would swap places though you know like that was the trick and then he opens the peanut butter and there's jelly there's jelly inside the jar he's like oh so you're jelly all along even though it says peanut butter on the outside see and then like ends with like and you know now teach your parents to just mind their goddamn business (laughs) like it was it was pretty funny it was good uh People should people should watch it because me describing it is less funny. That's very, very funny. I like that. Um, yeah, I was trying to think if I guess I should mention on the show, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. And one of the things people have been requesting I post over there is like bonus content. So I think next week I'm going to have a couple friends um talk about Riverdale because I recently binge watched the second season and I have a lot of feelings about it because it got pretty um, political in a weird way. And basically Archie becomes a fascist in season two uh, because there's a lot of like fear in Riverdale and he feels very fearful. So he and a bunch of his like dumb male friends become something called the red circle and basically, there are a bunch of fascists like running around in masks, and it's very interesting. So we're gonna like unpack all of that. So if you're not already 
a supporter of mine over at Patreon. That's going to be for the $5 a month and higher members. So if you haven't already signed up over there, go do that so you don't miss out on that. Also, you're listening to a 100% listener-supported show. That's why there's no ads. And if you would like the show to stay ad-free, if you'd like the show to stay free in general, go to lighttreason.news, and as Parker would say, smash that donate button. Smash that donate button and then yawn for no reason. And then yawn because you exerted yourself smashing the donate button. So, yeah, please go do that. And we just had our 100th episode. Is that not bananas? What? 100 episodes? 100 episodes! Like, time is so weird. I don't understand what's happening. No. But... Yeah, thank you to everyone who has supported the show. And if you're not a supporter yet, consider signing up today for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. Or, dare I ask it, upgrade your support today. Yeah. You know, I also have a Patreon, too. Just just throwing that out there. I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to tell maybe, everybody maybe, what your Patreon is. Yeah, maybe I should tell you about that. It's patreon.com slash Parker Malloy. And uh, basically, it's, it's just... Uh, it's it's basically just where I kind of write about because I hate pitching personal essays anywhere anymore sure. because I don't know. Sometimes you get like sometimes something will be up and then like two years later, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I figured I was just like, I'm just going to anything I want to write that's like personal. I'm just going to put somewhere where I can control it. Yes. And so I put it there and, uh, you know, put it on my Patreon. So like sometimes it's me talking about uh, trans stuff or mental health stuff or basically just kind of a longer version of my Twitter feed. So if you enjoy Twitter and you enjoy me, um, you know, for $2 a month, you can read my shit on there. You also have a great newsletter. I do. I do. It's uh, it's called Unbreak the Internet. And you can, I actually, let's, let me <laughs> see if it works. Oh, I meant to uh, ask you, is that a play on paper magazines break the internet yes exactly okay okay i see you so it's unbreaktheinternet.com um and let's see so basically it what i forgot how how i described it at first yeah it was just like uh yeah the internet's broken and not in the fun kim kardashian posing on the cover of a magazine kind of way right you know so basically everything's bad everything's terrible and uh here's how we can kind of uh fix it and i I, every week i try to uh tackle a new topic and you know one thing was like how uh conservatives will challenge people to debates for money for camp you know like donations (laughs) for campaigns and why that's stupid um or you know another one was just about um you know, the most recent one was about how conservatives work, work the refs, you know, and how they're using the same strategy they used with um, with the media in general to now try to ta- take that to tech companies, which they have been doing. And I and I kind of outline how that worked in 2016, where they complained about bias, at which point Facebook met with like met with like it was kind of like you know in the the simpsons where they like go to the stone cutters thing and it's like they're all singing and they're all evil yeah, yeah. it's like that <laughs> like met with like a really uh motley crew of conservatives uh and and uh then decided to fire all the human editors of their trending 
uh, story. So then, you know, suddenly uh, you you had stories like the Pope endorsed Donald Trump mm. and, um, you know, just just nonsense, garbage, fake stories. And mm. the, the funny thing was, so even so the day that that this blog post uh, got got published that that led them to that led Facebook to meet with conservatives. Uh, the GOP put out this put out this uh, blog post called hashtag Make This Trend. Facebook must answer for conservative censorship. And here they they even said that they uh, they go according to one employee who kept a log of items that were curiously omitted. Facebook curators kept topics like the IRS scandal suppressed, probably because that was like a fake scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, they would also omit coverage from conservative news outlets in favor of mainstream media sources like the New York Times and the BBC. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> of I, course. I mean, you know, like those are news outlets, right. you know. And uh, but then this is where they kind of, kind of got, you know, this this is what you might call foreshadowing. Um, they wrote with 167 million U.S. Facebook users reading stories hi- highlighted in the trending section. Facebook has the power to greatly influence the presidential election. Mm. Um, it is beyond disturbing to blah 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 blah. So then they, so then they, they, they met and like these, these are some of the people who who showed up to this meeting with Mark Zuckerberg, Glenn Beck, Jim Demint, S.E. Cup, Dana Perino, uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, Barry Bennett, who was a Trump campaign advisor at the time. Uh, so, uh, someone from the Federalist and someone who is like the president of Tea Party Patriots or something like that. So it's like he, they meet with these people and then they cave. And, you know, here we are two years later and they're still saying the same thing. They're still saying Facebook's discriminating against us. And right. they're not. They're not. You know? But they've been so successful in that messaging, which is really frightening, because as we know, historically, if the right complains about something enough, eventually people cave to them. Yeah. And, and I, I, I've been trying to tweet about this more because I think this is a huge deal. Yes. And like right now, as we're speaking, there's a congressional hearing going on where you've got someone from Facebook, you've got Jack Dorsey from Twitter with his creepy goatee that makes him look like a villain. Um, like they're both in front of Congress right now getting basically grilled and Alex Jones is there yelling at them for some reason. I don't know. Oh my God. It, did you see the video? Sorry, this is kind of a tangent, but did you see the video of Alex Jones confronting Marco Rubio? Yep. Yep. I watched that. Guys, the- if you have not seen that, oh. it truly, it's a weird feeling because you it almost makes you sort of like Marco Rubio because like Alex Jones is clearly trying to get a rise out of him and then at one point he touches him and Marco Rubio goes don't touch me and then like Alex Jones goes oh what are you gonna have like security come after me and I'm paraphrasing but Marco was like I'm not gonna call security I'll just take care of it myself and I was like what (laughs) and then Marco then at the end Alex Jones says like something like go back to your bathhouse which was like supposed to like oh like a gay him thing. thing like yeah he's gay it's yeah. like oh ha 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 go back to your mountain of cocaine <laughs> yeah he's, you know that's being generous <laughs> <laughs> just assuming that you know he's he's that's that's it's the caused... most charitable interpretation of, <laughs> that it's uh, caused by something and not just like his not just innate... how he yeah. is yeah <laughs> you yeah. know but but yeah, so you know, so this is like a big it's a big issue. And I right. and I feel like some people are like 
I don't know, whenever I've tweeted about it, there have been people who are like, they're not going to regulate the Internet. These companies will stand up for themselves. And I'm like, oh, you're missing the whole point. They're threatening to regulate these companies as a way to coerce them into just favoring conservatives, you know, and other people were like, no, they'll stand up for their values. And it's like, what makes you think that their values are not the same as the conservatives? You know, exactly. they're, they're billionaires. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, Zuckerberg, 60 percent of his donations went to Republicans like he, he he's not on your team. He's not your buddy, dude. You know, no, just because you happen to like the social media platform he created doesn't mean he's your friend. Um, well, speaking of bad news, everyone, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. Okay, so obviously I wanted to talk about the uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearing. Uh, Before it even started, like hours before the nomination hearings began, um, they released 42,000 pages of documents to the Judiciary Committee. Um, The, when I say they, I mean the lawyer for former President George W. Bush, uh, turned it over um so yeah that was obviously real last minute and obviously a lot of democrats were not happy with that because how does one go through forty-two thousand pages of documents right before the hearings in any kind of like meaningful way so that was super shady um like an hour into the hearing itself, 22 people were arrested. So almost immediately, including weirdly, oh, wait, I don't want to just call her the actress from Coyote Ugly. Oh, Pi- Piper uh, yes. Raba? Yes. She was yeah. one of the people, Linda Sarsour, I think, mm-hmm. was also arrested. And uh, the the ladies turned out dressed in their handmaids uh costumes they were also there obviously because there's a lot of concern that brett kavanaugh he's very conservative will overturn roe v wade uh but i think the moment that everybody was talking about was when fred gutenberg confronted him fred Mm -hmm. gutenberg is the father of one of the kids who was killed in the parkland massacre um and he approached brett Kavanaugh as they were I think taking a break and attempted to shake his hand and there was like horrible footage of Brett Kavanaugh like looking directly at him looking down at his hand and then turning away and walking away from him and then apparently what happened was Brett Kavanaugh told security to remove uh, Fred Gutenberg from the the room so not only refused to shake his hand but then had the father of a slain teenager kicked out of the hearing. Yeah, that 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 was not good. Uh, good PR. It's not a good look. <laughs> no. And uh, God, I you know, so so you you know how like how all, there have been all these like Brett Kavanaugh is like a 
awesome soccer dad and drives his kids to school, you know, like that, those sorts of articles. Sure, sure. And I mean, I kind of hate to like say this, but it's like, I, I honestly don't care about the personal stuff. Of course you know? not. Like, yeah. like, well, even that thing yesterday, it's like, I, it does, that's, you know, I'm, that was that rude? Absolutely. Is that worse than like the decisions they'll make? No. Oh, you know? I think it was just telling because oh, yeah. of you know, like shows part of who he is, but well, not. I think it's a little deeper than that, though. I I don't think it was so much like the snubbing of a man by another man, like that sort of like I don't care necessarily that he didn't shake his hand. I think it was the symbolism of. Brett Kavanaugh very quickly doing calculations in his head where he was like, because Fred Gutenberg didn't just try to shake his hand. He was like saying, my daughter was killed in the Parkland massacre. So that was Brett Kavanaugh thinking like, I can't shake this guy's hand because if I do that, I'll look like I'm being sympathetic to victims of gun violence, which will anger the NRA. Yeah. My, my hot take on, um, on Supreme court justices is they should, I kind of feel like if you want to be a Supreme Court justice, you should be more or less isolated away from the rest of the world. Like once you're confirmed, like I'm all for saying like, no, you can't make money from other places. Oh, sure. You yeah, know, yeah. oh, you can't speak at, you know, you shouldn't speak at, uh, you know, uh, political fundraisers, you, you know, stuff like that. You shouldn't be talking to lawmakers. Like I feel like like. Their whole job, it's its supposed to be public service and sacrifice and all of that. And it's like, well, that would be a big sacrifice if it's just like, okay, I'm going to do this job and I'm not going to be like, there's no way to influence me kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not. And, you know, then you have him worrying about stuff like that and his rulings, you know, he'll be writing them knowing who his audience is, you know, and stuff, stuff like that. And anyone who's anyone who thinks that people who are on a, a court, especially the Supreme court are just like, you know, well, that's how they interpret the law. No, it's, it's, that's not it. It's partisanship. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anybody who tries to claim that their objective as a justice is full of shit. Like they all have opinions they all have biases that's just like what being a human is you know and i think the quicker we can move past that myth of objectivity the better um <clears throat> so obviously conservatives were furious about the protests trump in typical creepy fashion said i don't know why they don't take care of a situation like that which, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. What does taking care of a situation like that mean? Because they, they did remove them. So right. clearly he means like, why don't they stifle dissent to begin with? Yeah. It, and then that, it's like, what does that look like? Yeah, that... <sighs> God, and, and you and you had like Ben Sass calling them uh, hysterical, which, you know, let's examine the the history of calling women hysterical. Like hysteria was a valid medical reason back in the day to institutionalize women for the rest of their lives. Like that's what calling women hysterical used to result in. 
So they're not hysterical. They're angry for a reason. Male protesters are never called hysterical. It's a way to just dismiss and silence women and historically to disappear them. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, God, if any, if, if there's anything that we learned from, from, you know, our current reality, it's that maybe it's the men we should be dismissing for being too hysterical, <laughs> too hysterical. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just don't, I just don't feel like they're, you know, they're the right to govern. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you like actually watch any of the hearing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to, I've just been reading like transcripts and like people responding to it. It was everyone just mad at Chuck Grassley because he was like steamrolling the Democrats. Uh, yeah. I mean, he basically like what happened towards the beginning is, uh, oh, who did it? Was it, was it Blumenthal? Anyway, so, uh, someone basically was just like, I'd like to, you know, put um, a motion to, to, you know, adjourn for the day to, to leave, to go home, to postpone this until we can, we can actually get all the documents and stuff like that. Like that was their big like argument that they were trying to work on, which I don't think was a bad one. Um, and he's just like, I'd like to take a vote on it. And at the time that this was happening, there were two Republicans who were missing from the like they hadn't shown up yet. Mm -hmm. And so they would either have to vote, uh, you know, have someone like vote by proxy or or they would uh, <laughs> or they would lose the vote, mm -hmm. you know. So so Grassley just wouldn't let it come up. He said, no, I'm not letting us vote on that. And. It, it was it was kind of ridiculous. Oh, but. so he was just being a little tyrant. Yeah, he was. He's like, I'm in charge. I'm the chair. Um, blah 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 blah. And then you had then you had John Kennedy, which I still think it's hilarious that there's another that there's a guy in the Senate named John Kennedy. Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. like you'll never be the most famous John Kennedy. Oh, sad. Um, he would you know? So he's a Republican from Louisiana, and he would just kind of he played the role of like i'm new here so i'm gonna ask a question and he'd be like is it normal for people to interrupt like this so much and grassley would be like no it's not normal he's like okay just wanted to know the rules you know like that, <laughs> that sort of thing it's like god damn it stop doing this yeah like you know it was so like uh it was it was so stupid but you know it's there's no there's nothing democrats can do to to stop this uh mm -hmm. which sucks um, and I don't think there's any way to shame Republicans into not voting to confirm him mm -hmm. and take it even a step further. And there's honestly like not, you know, it's like, OK, so even if he was like shot down, you know, not not shot down, voted down, you know, you yes. know what I meant? Like his yes. nomination was shot down. I don't, don't want to end up on some weird ass watch list. Right. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear you're already on a watch list. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. But like, so even if his nomination was voted down and, you know, or he withdrew or whatever, uh, Trump would just pick another person from that from that ridiculous list that was put together by the Federalist Society. Like, mm -hmm. that's the thing. All the people, all the people on his list are just as bad. Like, this wasn't sure. the worst of the, like, in fact, there are probably people who are worse on that list. Yeah, I, I feel like if people are upset by what they're seeing right now, um, vote. 
because we're seeing the consequences of losing elections. So the people who sort of rush in last minute and they're like, the Democrats have to stop this. And it's literally too late, you know, and I think it sucks. We just have to like, you know, eat it at this point. But moving forward, this is why elections matter. Yeah. Well, and and that's like, God, there was, so there's this, there's this dude who his, his name is, uh, God, his name is Walt Walker Bragman. He's, he's obnoxious on Twitter mm-hmm. and he's this, like, he, he says he's like, he's a, he's a leftist, but he's like, he grew up in the Hamptons and his family's super rich. And he wrote like a bunch of articles last, like during the 2016 campaign for salon that were basically like, the the liberals like case for voting for trump and stuff like that anyway um you know it's like so so he tweeted during the during the uh hearing he goes does anyone think kavanaugh's confirmation hearings are more than a formality besides not having the votes senate dems just fast-tracked 15 trump judicial appointees question doesn't seem to be whether he'll get confirmed but rather how much if any dem support he'll get but then it's like you look back to during the uh, during the uh, 2016 campaign, he wrote an article titled "How much can progressives really trust Hillary Clinton with the Supreme Court?" And you know, so it's like there are all sorts of these things where it's like you, you guys, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, and I understand. Here's another thing: if if you aren't a fan of Hillary Clinton, I get it. I'm, you know, I have a lot of problems with sure. Hillary Clinton. But then, and we're, we're going to get to this in the good news section, but get like people who are further to the left elected that's literally the only way we win the only way we win is i i truly like believe is winning elections and i support direct action stuff obviously i support all the protesters who showed up during the hearing because i also think it's really important to disrupt like the normal flow of things so the republicans are are aware there's an opposition out there otherwise they're just sort of like we have a mandate to do all of this you know um but ultimately it's like we now have brett kavanaugh because trump like got close enough in the election to have the the guise of of winning you know, like obviously there was a lot wrong with the 2016 election sure. that we can get into, but it was close enough. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, and God, it's that's why Democrats really just need to win back the Senate. If you if you want to stop Trump from from appointing, you know, because he might have one more in this, you know, this term, it's possible, or he might have, um, you know. He could win re-election, you know? Uh, yeah, and, and I think no one wants to consider that. I actually want to talk about that when we're in the good news section because yeah. I feel like people keep saying, when is the blue wave going to happen? But I kind of feel like it is happening already with some elections that have been happening. But the people who think it's like a lock, I think are delusional. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not great. Uh, you know, like I've seen people who are just like, yeah, you know, blue wave. And it's like, no, you gotta like be focused, (laughs) stay, stay focused. This, this might, you know, if you get complacent, like if you get complacent, things are not going to go well. We've seen how this works, you know? And also it's like, you're going to need one hell of a blue wave, you know, if you want to overcome the fact that, you know, 
there's so much gerrymandering going on, you know, right. if, if you want to try to deal with any of that stuff, you know, I mean, and it doesn't really matter in the Senate, but at the same time, it's hard to win the Senate because, uh, you know, the, the states that no one lives in get the same amount of votes, you know, same amount of senators as California, right. you know, so, right. so it's, it's something like, like that. It's tricky. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really tricky. And I think that a lot of people are, oh, are a little too, you know, too complacent, too, too certain of themselves. Um, or they get, or they, or people get just focused on the wrong things. Like yesterday during the hearing, there was a lady sitting behind Kavanaugh who was like picking at her, picking at her fingers or something like that. And they're like, she made a white supremacist sign. And it's like, I don't think she did. Can I tell you the thing that bothers me the most about that? We have actual white supremacists in the white house right now and we don't need to like interpret hand signals to know they're white supremacists or sympathetic to white supremacists so why we have to go down this fucking rabbit hole with hand signals i'm like they will just straight up tell you they're white supremacists they won't bother with like these subtle codes because they know they can fucking get away with it yeah you Um, know it's and also it's like yeah when when like alt-right dudes like mike cernovich or richard spencer or you know, any of those, any of those guys, Milo, whatever, you know, when they do like make an okay sign, you know, like really out in the open, like that's like, that is a signal to like each other. It's, it's like a but, Trumpy but those kind of thing. Guys, because, like they've already gone on the record as oh, white yeah. supremacists. Like they don't, yeah. they don't just express themselves through right. hand signals. They're, and, and yeah. And, 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 and when they do it, it's, it's kind of like in a way, because the whole thing was basically that Trump, that's how Trump makes that with his hands all the time when he talks, if you right, notice, you know, right. and it's like, it was just sort of that. And, you know, so it's like, so, so a lot of them, you know, started, started just kind of doing that. And, you know, then someone made up like a meme where they're like, see, it stands for white power. And it's like, I, God, no, what? Right. Like justifying it after <laughs> yeah. the fact. Yeah. Like, Um, I also wanted to shout out while the hearing was happening, a group of activists also occupied Chuck Schumer's Capitol Hill office because partly because there's a lot of anger towards Chuck Schumer over a deal he made with Senator McConnell last week when he agreed to expedite confirmation of 15 of Trump's judicial nominees to lifetime federal court seats. (laughs) Speaking of Democrats who fucking suck, Schumer, like if I had a wish list of senators to uh, get voted out of office, Chuck Schumer's up there. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Schumer was also the other day he shared a a Brett Stevens op ed and it's just like, well, you're the fucking worst, dude. God damn it. Uh, You know, I mean, when is he up for reelection? Schumer, 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 Schumer. I want to find out. I'm googling this. Good, shit. good. Um, Schumer reelection. Uh, let's see. It's not this year. Um, it is. Oh, he won reelection in 2016. Okay, he's mm. up for reelection in 2020. Okay, 20 or no, 2022 rather. Oh, f- yeah, yeah, I right, know. Right, I know. That's all right. 2022. Uh. Hey. Also, just to uh, address how, like, Americans feel about Brett Kavanaugh, this is from uh, ABC did a poll. 38% of Americans say Kavanaugh should be confirmed. 
39% not, with the rest undecided. <laughs> so basically a presidential election yeah. split. I mean, this is just going to be everything, basically. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is, this is everything forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... You know, uh, one one thing I wanted to mention, I don't know which category this falls into, good, sure. bad, indifferent. Mm-hmm. But um, so Trump did an interview with The Daily Caller, which is, of course, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so Trump said, so Daily Caller asked, speaking of speaking of which, I'd I'd like to know, you said you interviewed Mueller for FBI director and Trump said, yes, sitting there, sitting right there in that chair. Daily Caller says, what did you think during the interview? And Trump said, I liked him, but I didn't give him the job. Why? Asked the Daily Caller. And then Trump responds, because I had a business dispute with Mueller before that. But then here we go. I had a real business dispute and he's Comey's best friend. And I could give you 100 pictures of him and Comey hugging and kissing each other. You know, he's Comey's best friend. And it's like, what? Like, what? What does that even mean? I feel like I need to have a news section of the show that's just like, what? Today and what? I don't know how to feel about that. That's just confusing. Right? I could give you 100 pictures of him and Comey hugging and kissing each other. Like, I'm just picturing like a wall of insanity where he has like photos of Mueller and Comey (laughs) hugging each other. And he just stares at it. (laughs) <laughs> the fuck is going on it's so weird like what what is it like i first off like no there are not photos of of him and comey kissing each other no. i guarantee that you know but he, it's just so weird it's uh, so weird he's a bizarre man yeah i don't know i don't know how to describe the world sometimes and and you know it's like I, I kind of got to the point where I can't just be angry all the time. Yeah. So I, I, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, just go into this like bewilderment where it's just what? How? Right. How did we get here? I, I do feel like we need to have a what segment. But uh, guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's let's transition past utter confusion. Here is your good news. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so we have to talk about Colin Kaepernick and Nike. I laughed so hard at this. So in case you don't know, Colin Kaepernick is one of the athletes who's featured in Nike's 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. And they use an image of Colin Kaepernick with the caption believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything so this goes out and conservatives lose their fucking minds Mm -hmm. because obviously Colin Kaepernick is the athlete who sort of launched the um the protests of police brutality during the national anthem where players would like kneel or raise their fists in defiance and this like just drives conservatives insane. So they in protest 
there's this guy, John Rich, who's one half of the country duo Big and Rich, who famously told told people to um, save a horse and ride a cowboy. That was their oh, that was their thing. Okay, thank that? you, thank you. Yeah, I do, yeah. I do remember that. So he tweets a photo of ripped up Nike socks. <laughs> And the caption is, our sound man just cut the Nike swoosh off his socks. <laughs> Former Marine, get ready, Nike. Multiply that by millions. Which, like, again, if you have the socks, you've already bought them and Nike already got the money. Yeah. And, and Nike, I guarantee, already factored all of this in. Like, this wasn't some, like, decision made on a whim. They were like, yeah, people are going to be pissed off, but... It's you also know. like a very weird position to be in where like not Nike is a giant multinational corporation that exists mm. because of sweatshop labor. Yeah. <laughs> so to watch progressives sort of like cheer on Nike is very weird. But I like I understand why they're doing it, because this is such a stupid reaction by conservatives, because obviously they're just a bunch of fucking racists who hate Colin Kaepernick because he's a black man. Right. Uh, and they're sort of like disguising that in their quote unquote love for the national anthem that they like literally probably leave the room during to get another beer. You know, like they don't love the national anthem. They hate that black people are like standing up for themselves. So it's but it's like a very weird thing to people to see people on the left sort of be like, go Nike. <laughs> it's like, uh. yeah, I mean, see listen, I'm just happy Colin Kaepernick is like getting money because no football team will sign him yeah it's a uh, well I, I i was tweeting about that the other night about about you know when when it's like you see conservatives like uh boycotting a company where it's just like yeah boycott that company i but wait why why are you boycotting you know and it's right. like oh yeah you're boycotting nike because of the sweatshops and it's like no, because we don't like the new spokesperson. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, right. uh, oh, oh, you're boycotting Amazon because because of the way they treat their employees and you know stuff like that. No, because we don't like the Washington Post. It's like, oh, all right, <laughs> you know, like the, all these things where it's just like I feel so awkward and conflicted. And like some people, God, that when when conservatives were like uh, boycott Amazon, and I saw some people who were like, I'm gonna just order more stuff from Amazon. I'm like, ah, I don't know if you're helping. Yeah, it's still a you problem. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those things where it's I I feel weird where weird when I see people in positions like that. Like same thing with with you know Nike. I see people who are like, I'm ordering more shoes. It's like, eh. yeah, like that's the thing. Like I I don't think the answer here is supporting Nike. I think the answer here is supporting black activists who are standing up to police brutality and I'm all for supporting Colin Kaepernick, you know, because he obviously is a hugely brave figure who did sacrifice everything yeah. to do something that was right. And he should get paid for this. You know, he absolutely should get paid for this. And I hope he's getting paid handsomely for it. But um, I just put, I'm putting this in the good news section because I love the idea of a bunch of racists walking around at, with like droopy socks. Droopy socks, because yeah, you can't cut off the you can't cut off the like the top part. The elastic. That's where the elastic is. And like, there's no worse feeling in the world than feeling your socks roll under your foot while you're yeah. walking around. And I hope every racist feels that every second of the day, the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good news. Also in good news, guys, this is big. 
Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel has announced he will not seek re-election. Yes. The, speaking of, like, the worst people in the world, Rahm Emanuel, uh, and there's speculation that he is doing this because the uh, um, there's a trial coming up um, of Officer Jason Van Dyke, who is the officer who killed Laquan McDonald. Mm-hmm. And... There is speculation, and I think for good reason, that that trial is going to get ugly uh, because there's lots of video footage of it. Um, It's extremely damning, and there is speculation that Rahm Emanuel is piecing out before that really goes down. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I I, I think it's kind of funny that... um... I think it's funny that, like, people who aren't living in Chicago and aren't, like, super tuned into, like, lefty politics, mm-hmm. they're like, they're like, oh, isn't this bad for Democrats? I think, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, no, this is good. Like, we, we need is, to this get... This is good. There... But Obama liked him. Yeah, but Obama's not always right. <laughs> if you're making the argument that the Democratic Party can be saved, I think, which is a shaky argument, I think ultimately what's going to happen is we're seeing the end of the traditional conservative and liberal parties and... We're going to see like more extreme right and more extreme left parties. Not saying that it's good we're going to see extreme right parties, but I feel like that is what's happening right now. But I think if you're of the belief that the Democratic Party can be saved, the only way it's going to be saved is if you get rid of people like Rahm Emanuel. Yeah. It's- they got to go. Yeah, I've I've always I've, I've felt <laughs> the one thing I've hated since, since Trump's taken office is the number of times where I'm like... Damn, and I hate that I have to side with Rahm Emanuel on this like one right. issue because it's like him versus Trump on something super easy, you know, something that like you wouldn't even, you know, like, hey, should ICE be able to come into the city and just arrest people? It's like, ah, no, right? Uh, you know, stuff like that. But uh, really, there are so many people who I'd rather have as uh, as mayor, you know, having having lived in Chicago for my for so much of my life. You don't want the guy who's for privatizing schools and supports no. police when they shoot unarmed black people. You don't want that guy. No. So so near my apartment, there's this there's this school that this like really old, beautiful school in in uptown in Chicago, um, that it shut shut down. Rom shut it down, and it was sad because they had this like really neat like playground outside and like you could tell that like kids you know love to play there and then like when they shut it down they like locked up the fences and took the playground down it was so sad um Mm. but but also so it's like two years after it got shut down or whatever it's reopening as luxury apartments yep they they just gutted the in they it like it was like they gutted the inside and they turned the classrooms into apartments wow so they didn't even like change the outside no the outside's still the same and i think that that's like part of the selling point because it's like oh look it's this old school building and who does that appeal to you want to live in like the empty husk of what used to be a school you evil fucks yeah exactly it's it's God, it's so creepy. But yeah, they're like luxury apartments and like some of them still have like chalkboards up in there. Like it's supposed to be very like themed, which is weird. I don't want to live in a theme house. Uh, I hope that fucking building is haunted. I hope so. That is so creepy. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's awful. And I I, I hate everything about it. But like, let's I want to see 
Uptown School Lofts. That there we go. Oh. Yeah. So so I just looked up the uh yeah, I just uh, looked up um <laughs> looked looked this up and it's it's so sad. Parker, um, I yeah. hate that. It's uh closed since 2013. Uh the old it was built in 1905. Uh it will reopen as 64 loft apartments. Do they have prices? Uh, I'm just curious because I yeah, bet it's I'm, fucking evil. I am kind of, let's see. I'm going to pull it up. I'm opening. Oh, they have a, a website and everything. Check availabilities, photos. Oh, come on. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not sure, but they're, they're, they look very nice. They're, <sighs> um, yeah, there's like in like one of the kitchens, there's like an old chalkboard on the opposite wall. It's so gross. Wow. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but like the the detail of like keeping up the chalkboard feels like an extra fuck you. Uh, yeah. Well, and also under like the oh, this is gross. Under the there's a history tab on their website, and it says. The revitalization of Stewart School began in 2016 when Morningside purchased the school through the Chicago Public Schools Building Repurposing and Sale Program. Uh, Why does such a program exist? Oh, my God. Just it's like horrible. it should be, just be called the Get Rid of the Schools Program. Right. It's, if you're it's, repurposing a school for anything other than being a school, you're getting rid of the school. <laughs> ah, okay. So, so now I see the... Um, I, I I just pulled up pulled up how much it costs in rent. Looks like looks like they're not selling any at the moment, but they're renting. Okay. Uh, there's a you can get a 595 square foot studio for 1800 a month. Okay. A, um, let's see, one bed, one bath for about a with a thousand square foot for 2975 dollars a month, which in Chicago that's very expensive. I mean, I that, I know that the studio was not bad. When, by no. the way, I know we have like listeners who don't live in a city who are having a heart attack right now. But actually, in New York City, that studio is reasonably priced. That one bedroom is bananas. Yeah. They, well, and the weird thing is there are two bedrooms and two baths that are cheaper with more square footage. There That's must be weird. Like, yeah. There must be like a something weird or different about that one that, you know, comes with like a balcony or something. But sure. but yeah, so so um. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, in Chicago, like, for instance, I have a one bed, one bath um, that's like twelve hundred a month. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's definitely cheaper here than uh, than than out in New York, which is something that, uh, you know, because being out of a job at the moment, Kayla and I are keeping all of our options open. Sure. And and New York was was one of those things. And it's just Yay! like, oh, you have to make- We'd have to make a lot of money to make that work. Listen, I can help you guys find cheaper places, but you should you should move out here. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I think Kayla's like looking at like I think she's looking at jobs that like that are out there because in any case, I can live wherever and freelance. So right, I'm right. indifferent. I love Chicago because this is where I've always lived. Sure. Yeah, I mean Chicago <laughs> Chicago is great, there. but like in terms of pricing, just because I've I've lived in both places too, we're about neck and neck at this point. Like there are still like places you can find, um, in like areas of like Brooklyn and Upper Manhattan that are not crazy right. expensive. But yeah, especially uh, you and Kayla can split the rent. There's a reason I have two roommates now. You know. 
Yeah, see that? Yeah, that's one of those that's one of those things where it's like, man, I don't want to ever have to have roommates. But then I'm like, I kind of already have one because I'm married to her. <laughs> <laughs> that's so romantic. I know. It's <laughs> My forever be, roommate. Being married means never having to find a roommate again. I mean, honestly, like when I lived on my own, the idea of roommates, I was like, oh, no, but I literally never see Charles and Chloe unless I'm like co-hosting with them. Yeah. Um, so there are ways you can get a, like be in a good situation. Listen, come to New York is right, what I, I'm trying I, to say. I've still never even visited. That's never in bananas. my life. Why don't you do that first? Why don't you guys come visit? Yeah, I should probably do that. Yeah. And then we can hang out and finally meet Parker. We've never met. That's... It's like, well, I've been on uh, like 80 episodes of her podcast, but uh, never, never met in person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at, yeah, at least 80. I don't know. But don't uh, know. and then Probably finally, more. while we're while we wrap up the good news, how is Meatball? Uh, Meatball's doing OK. She uh, over the weekend, she met another dog named a uh, dog named Sunday. Oh, spelled, I spelled like, saw like, like ice cream Sunday. The ice um, cream Sunday. I saw the photos on your and, Twitter account. Yeah, and Sunday looks like a tiny version of Meatball. It was adorable. Mm-hmm, it was. And Meatball was very, very excited. It was she was kind of like a puppy and, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be friends. And Sunday is very, very shy around other dogs because Sunday was was like attacked when she was like super little. No. So so it's one of those things where she's still like very shy. But Meatball is like, no, I'm your friend and I don't have sharp teeth, you know, kind of oh, thing. That must have been so scary. Yeah, but but yeah, but they had they had fun. They met and you know we had uh, had brunch with uh, with a couple of friends. Um, <laughs> funny thing was we um, so so we we were having brunch and this friend of ours who was with us he hosts like a local TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called like Chicago's Best. And it's on WGN. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, I've seen a couple episodes. It's fine. It's good. It's it's basically like diners, drive-ins, and dives if every episode took place in Chicago. Okay. Um, and the dude who was like our our server at brunch, like, recognized him. And, like, it was funny seeing someone so, like, starstruck over a, like, <laughs> guy who's on a local TV show. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, hi. And and, and he was like, Parker's a bigger deal than me. And the guy's like, I don't care. You know? <laughs> you do not have a TV show. I do not have a TV show. Yet. Yet. No, I don't ever want a TV show. That's part of the reason you got to move to New York. Start yeah, pitching yourself. Yeah. You myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, speaking of photos on Parker's Twitter account, follow Parker on Twitter at Parker Malloy. Do support her Patreon and all of her work. Sign up for her newsletter, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, keep keep reading her as she's um, in the process of moving to New York City. And guys, please sign up at lighttreason.news. Smash that donate button to keep us going. Thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, Get out there and cause a little trouble. 